This is Two Guys in a River. I'm Steve Mathewson. And I'm Dave Getz. We're two lifelong friends who love fly fishing for trout. Our podcast is all about helping you catch more fish and deepening your love of the time you spend on the river. We are Two Guys in a River. For the love of fly fishing. Recently, Dave pointed me to a New York Times article titled, In Praise of Mediocrity. It's not on fly fishing, but it really applies to our sport. Tim Wu, the author, writes, I've come to think that so many people don't have hobbies. We're afraid of being bad at them, or rather we are intimidated by the expectation, itself a hallmark of our intensely public performative age, that we must actually be skilled at what we do in our free time. Our hobbies, if that's even the word for them anymore, have become too serious, too demanding, too much an occasion to become anxious about whether you are really the person you claim to be. If you're a jogger, it's no longer enough to cruise around the block. You're training for the next marathon. If you're a painter, you are no longer passing a pleasant afternoon. Just you, your watercolors, and your water lilies. You are trying to land a gallery show or at least garner a respectable social media following. When your identity is linked to your hobby, uh, you're a yogi, a surfer, or a rock climber, you'd better be good at it or else who are you? And we're going to explore that in a minute when it comes to fly fishing. Uh, Tim Wu continues. He says, Lost is the gentle pursuit of a modest competence, the doing of something just because you enjoy it, not because you are good at it. Hobbies, let me remind you, are supposed to be something different from work. But alien values like the pursuit of excellence have crept into and corrupted what was once the realm of leisure, leaving little room for the true amateur. The population of our country now seems divided between the semi-pro hobbyists, some as devoted as Olympic athletes, and those who retreat into the passive, screeny leisure that is the signature of our technological moment. Wow, those are powerful words, aren't they? <laughs> He's a terrific writer, oh Man, my. He really is. So, in this episode, we want to explore the idea of excellence and what that means for the fly fisher who fishes less than 30 days a year. Dave, we already know your level of excellence as a fly fisher, <laughs> but do you ever feel pressure to be great at fly fishing? Oh, this is hilarious. Recently, we were just out in Montana, and we were fishing in a drift boat uh, on Quake Lake with a guide. And I was trying to cast out farther, so we were stalking some of these risers. Yeah. and. And I was trying to cast out farther at the begging of our guide. And I started to slap the water with my back cast. And you never do that. I watch I, you fly fish. You're a good caster. And, and he gave me these little gentle coaching tips like, hey, Dave, you know, just, you know, think of that forward cast, that final forward cast, just like one of your normal false casts. You know, and he was giving, and he was, he was great. But in that moment, I thought, ah. Yeah, I fished all these years, and here yeah. I am slapping the backwater with my oh, or the back man. the water with my back cast. That's crazy. That's crazy. 
Oh. Ah, so how about you? <laughs> well, I like that line in Wu's article, the gentle pursuit of modest confident competence. Yeah, I've, I've felt the pressure whenever I'm fishing with someone who's a lot better than I am, which is uh, anyone that I fly fish well, with. Well, you and I, you know, oh, you yeah, feel yeah. this all the time, girl. I'm just, I'm totally intimidated <laughs> by your mad skills, Dave. Yeah, but seriously, when I fish with somebody who's a lot better caster, who, who identifies every bug in the air, then... I have to say to myself, wait a minute, this person is a guide, they're, they're professional, or uh, this is a gal, or this is a guy who fishes 120 days a, a year. So the question really becomes, how do we strike a healthy balance between making a mockery of the sport, like, like a friend of ours, remember our friend told us about uh, when his daughter got married, he took his uh, daughter's fiance and family fly fishing, and oh. and yeah, remember he was he was hitting the, the you know, his back cast, slapping it on. You know, Who's his father-in-law? Yeah, his, his yeah, or it would be his yeah his daughter's father-in-law. Father-in-law. Sorry. And, yeah, 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 the guy yeah, yeah. was. Uh, he said everybody was laughing. So I think he eventually caught one fish. It was a yes. float down the Yellowstone. Yeah, wasn't it? yeah, it was. It was. <laughs> so yeah, how do we strike a balance between okay that making a mockery of the sport, but then being so obsessive that you lose the joy of a day on the river? Uh, I guess another way to frame the question is how do we steer a middle course and gently pursue uh, modest competence? And we have some ideas for you. <laughs> because of our mediocrity, exactly. we have some we ideas are, for you. We are experts in mediocrity. Yes, yeah, that's our new tag. That's our new tagline. Experts uh, at mediocrity yeah, for at the mediocrity. love of for the love of mediocrity. Oh, yeah. we got it. Yeah. That's perfect. Yeah, that's right. That's perfect. Oh man, I think the first is, and and that and that is that accept the fact that fly fishing requires. A modicum of skill it just does and herein and, lies my problem and, and therein <laughs> lies my problem so otherwise it's not it's not fun i i've tried to help so many people start to fly fish and there's this big hump that you've got to get yeah, over you really do and you you just don't enjoy the sport and everyone starts casting you know that's the big thing as if that's the big problem well there's the tying of knots there's the reading of water there's i mean there's so many adjustments and so there's this modicum of knowledge that you need just to enjoy it so yeah. mm -hmm. it's probably there where people make decisions okay i'm going to be really really yeah. good at it right mm -hmm. i think you get to that moment where you say okay, I've, I've gotten over this hump, and that was a lot of mm -hmm. work. Where am I going to draw the line at excellence? Yeah. You know? So is there a balance? So I do think as we think about it, you do have to accept that, that fly fishing does require some basic level of skill, and, and so you can't enjoy the sport until you get some competence. Yeah, that's really true. And, and that leads to another point. Uh, determine what level you want to achieve and then be good with it. You know, if, if there are 15 essential skills for fly fishing, which of course there's really 315, you know, be thankful if you know five of them and have mastered two of yeah, them. That's true. Yeah. I think about your brother Dave. Yeah. He has focused only on dry fly yeah. fishing. Mm -hmm. Right. And I'm telling you, when they're not rising for me when it comes to dry, and I'm casting the same fly, he's catching fish. Partly he's become good at really one thing. Yeah, he has. Right. And then if, uh, 
they're not hitting an offer him and you switch to nymphs you know he's not gonna he's gonna catch that many yeah i mean not not everyone for example ties their own flies nor does everyone learn tenkara or euro nymphing I, I i think part of it is just to say hey i'm i'm going to be satisfied with uh th this particular level this is what i want to do and i I know you've picked up Euro nymphing, and it's it's kind of cool. And I I look at that and think I don't know that I, I've I've probably got some other areas of fly fishing that I want to pursue. And it's it's not me looking down my nose at at you or at Euro nymphing. It's just saying you know what I can't do everything. And if 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 I get to the point where that really interests me, I'll do it. But if it doesn't interest me, I'm not going to feel bad about it. This also actually has to do with the kind of fish you're going you're going yeah, to catch. Yeah. So you and I, we love going to Montana. We love fishing the Minnesota Driftless. You fished in Alaska. I would love to fish up there. You and I will fish for steelhead now and then or salmon, mm -hmm. but we're not going to become steelhead experts. Right, right. We're we're trout fishers, and and again, that's somebody told me recently here about uh, recommended a good bass guide here in the Midwest and. That might be kind of fun, but I don't know. I just don't have interest in that. It's, you know, I, I'm happy for those who do. And it, it, again, it's not an elitist uh, kind of thing because um, I'm sure there's a lot of fishing that's more elitist than what we do. It just, yeah. I'm not, yeah. Pretty much all fishing <laughs> is right. more elitist yeah. than the kind of fishing yeah, we do. I know. <laughs> yeah. Bad, bad choice of words. Oh, my. So, so, what else? So, the third thing is, and this is a corollary to our, our, uh, our whole topic today, and maybe, let me just have a caveat here, maybe this is a second half of life topic. Yeah, this modest competence, yeah. I mean, uh, the first half of life, you think you're going to save the world. Right. You're going to be a CEO. You're right. going to uh, win Teacher of the mm -hmm. Year Award. Right, you're going to be the best fly fisher that ever existed. Exactly, and and you kind of get to this point in life, you go, okay, um, I've achieved, I've achieved some competence yeah. in these different mm -hmm. areas, and and how do I? I can't be good at everything. So in a, one sense, that is exactly. a second half of life. Yeah, uh, this is a second half of life conversation. So here's the third point: is don't go overboard on equipment purchases. Oh no, you're looking at me as you say this. <laughs> <laughs> Not being judgmental. That's right. <laughs> but I am being a little critical. No, no, no I, I, and I think actually when I picked up Euro nipping. And I we had a podcast on this recently, and I decided I'm not going to get the 10 foot three weight rod that I really probably need. And I think you do. I think you should get that if if you're going to commit to Euro nymphing. I'm going to remember this. So when you buy that 10 foot <laughs> rod, I'm just going <laughs> to shake my head. Exactly. Yeah. But I said, hey, I'm going to try this without doing that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Without buying the right. next best piece of gear because modest competency, you know. Yeah. Somehow, mm -hmm. I still managed to catch fish, 10 fish out of that one run while you're sitting yeah. there watching me, right? So yeah. there's these, you know, these things you think you need because there's this, you know, and part of the brand, the brands do this. Like, you have to be more competent. You have to have the best gear. And the thing is, huh, mm -hmm. you may or may not need to have yeah. that next piece of gear. Right. So, you know, we had that guide friend this summer who, it's interesting, he buys champion dry fit shirts rather than sims or nike or under armor so he buys yeah. he buys champion dry fit shirts right he also fishes rods that are 20 to 25 years old when i when my rod got tangled when we were fishing quake lake he handed me this it looked to be like a 20 year old rod yeah 
Mm-hmm. And somehow this guy can still... Ca- and I stood there and watched him cast 100 feet yeah. with one of these rods. Yeah. So it's incredibly competent. Yeah. And, it, you know, it's fun to get new gear or that new rod, but don't convince yourself that you, you can't become a good fly fisher if you don't have the latest $800 fly rod or $800 pair of waders or that next level of fly rod, which is that $1,500 fly rod. Yeah, that's exactly right. My my son was just out in Montana this summer, and he, he showed me, I didn't know that he did this, but he showed me a... Uh, it was kind of a, you know, I, I forget if, I don't know if it was a bottom of the line Orvis or, no, no, he got a Reddington, just a modest rod. And he, you know, he had saved and budgeted for this. And he said, you know, for the amount of fly fishing I do, and, and he's actually really good. He's he's like my, he talked about my brother Dave, I think, somehow the, the gene kind of zigzagged. And, and <laughs> my brother has, or my son Ben has, that same gene that Dave does. He's just good. He's so athletic and, you know, he gets out there and pinpoint accuracy, but you know, he, he invested in a rod and reel and he knew how much he had to spend. And he said, for the amount of fly fishing I do, this is going to just do fine. And and he's good. He's good at it. Yeah. You know, again, it's fun to get that new gear, the new rod. And you know what, if you do get the new rod, yeah, I, I, 10 years ago, I bought my Winston and then it was, uh, you know, it was still, uh, you know, a fistful of money, but I've been fishing with that for 10 years and I'm, I'm going to fish for it, fish with it, hopefully another 20. And, and I, I may be pretty well done buying rods. I mean, I bought an eight foot four weight before I moved from Montana to here. That's been probably 12, 13 years ago. And then since I've been here, I bought a nine foot eight, but yeah, you don't have to uh, buy the latest, best thing that's out. You know, I, you just don't. Well, certainly you don't need it to become more competent. No, I, no. You might want it just simply because you're a gearhead and, yeah, and you, right. you want 400 rods. And Ex- that's a great point. Yeah, we're not knocking if, if you, you know, some people like to, to do that. But yeah, just don't think it's going to necessarily make you better. So I, I was just thinking about this Sage uh, 1 that I bought three or four years ago. I bought it when the Sage X came out, and so the Sage yeah. 1 was reduced, so I didn't pay, you know, the eight 900 bucks for the Sage 1, but, um, and so I can cast that thing maybe 60 feet on a good day, maybe 65. This guy that I was telling you about when we were out there, he grabbed my rod, my Sage 1, one, one day, and he said, yeah, let me, let me show you something, Dave. <laughs> and again, he put it out there 100 feet. It was at least 100 feet. Yeah. And you're like, okay, it's not the rod. <laughs> <laughs> it right. is I. <laughs> it's the modestly competent, <laughs> subcompetent angler. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Anything else, Steve? Yeah, here's something else you can do to pursue modest competence, and that is add to your knowledge and skills over time. I mean, you don't have to become an expert in a month or in a season of fly fishing. And, and that's the good news. If you're a, a new newbie to fly fishing, uh, like we said at the very beginning, yeah, there, there's some skills you just have to learn. But the good news is uh, you can you can acquire those skills in a pretty short amount of time. And just figure on, you know, adding to your skills you know, over the, the months, over the years, just bit by bit, piece by piece. I mean, I have seasons where I will devour a book or casting videos, but, you know, I have a life. I move on to other interests, and and I think it's part of the fun of it, isn't it, that you, you get better incrementally. 
Yeah, that's really true. And I think what you just said, sometimes you go deep for a little bit. Like I, I, there was this learning curve on Euronymphing, and I'm to the point where now I'm catching fish. But I went for a long time, and I wasn't learning anything new. So you kind of go in fits and starts. But I think the idea is progress, that you feel like you're making progress over a period yeah. of time. Yeah, that's really true. Well, before we continue our conversation, here's a word about our sponsor, Dr. Squatch Soap Company. Dave, I have a complaint about my Dr. Squatch soap. What? No way. Yeah, here's my problem. I can't keep it in stock. Uh, my sons and sons-in-law like it, but the other day my grandson Colby was over and he asked my wife, his nana, for a bar of Papa's soap. How did he know to to uh, to ask for it? I think because he had used his dad. So guess which one he picked? He picked the pine tar. Oh, That's my favorite. I that's love mine the too. smell of that stuff. Well, I love pine tar because of the seashells that are that are baked into it or however they make yeah. it mm -hmm. because of the exfoliation. Yep. I love the smell. Oh, the smell is incredible. I just feel cleaner when I use that bar I, of soap. I honestly do too. So here's the thing. If you would like Dr. Squatch soap, go to the website, drsquatch.com. Fill up your cart with different kinds of products. We recommend the pine tar, but there's also shampoo and cologne and a bunch beard of... Beard oil. My son no in way. Colorado just ordered beard oil. Loves it. Oh, my. So put in the promo code two guys, fill up your shopping cart. No, you need to fill up your shopping cart first, then put in the two guys promo code in the field. And I think you'll really enjoy the Dr. Squatch products. Okay, we're back talking about how we pursue modest competence as fly fishers without trying to be experts. And we're good at uh, not being experts. <laughs> uh, Dave, what else would you add? Our fifth point here is is not or to stop comparing yourself with others or competing with them. Yeah, you don't have to compare yourself to me, Dave. I know it makes you feel bad. <laughs> you know, that that's one thing that I think has actually been good about our friendship is there's this kind of uh, jovial competence. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I am just not counting the fish you're catching. Oh, yeah, now, I know. Now, you, if I've not you caught... You couldn't. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. I can't count that yeah. high. Yeah. yeah. So, but in, like I was thinking about a day that we had on on the Yellowstone, and that was actually a day I was I spent quite a bit of time trying to Euro nymph. I caught a couple uh, cutthroat on Euro nymphs, not Euro nymphs. I caught a couple <laughs> of fish Euro nymphing, yeah. and you were catching all those fish on streamers. And I would say that day you probably caught we caught a lot of fish, but you probably caught at least. It was almost it was probably not two to one in terms of what what I caught, but it was it was a lot more than what I caught, and I didn't yeah. feel any. It's interesting. I did, it was like I don't feel any anxiety about that. Yeah, well, and you're you're right. We're we're close friends. We honestly we're we're about the same level of, of fly fishing, and we've matured. Remember those years in college where where we would get into arguments over the we'd see a we'd see an antelope, and I'd say, oh wow, look at that fifteen inch orange, and you go, no, it's fourteen, and we we would get angry with each other. And and the pronghorn was about five hundred yards out, and yeah. we were making these kind of judgments. That's right. It was probably eleven and a half inches. What did we know? <laughs> Uh, you know, you don't have to ask, you know, every fly fisher how many fish he or she caught. And, you know, if, if in fact, all it does is make your, your blood boil. I mean, if you're 20 years old and doing this, that's one yeah. thing. But if you're in your 40s and 50s, oh, my gosh. Yeah, I mean, besides on. they might be lying anyway. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Exa I still think about 
and we've told the story so many times, but we're hiking up Fan Creek. Remember that? That trail? Yeah. And this fly fisher, you know, is, was so competitive with us that he, he had to, like, run past us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and get, to the, get to the run first. And I just thought, goodness gracious, there's a lot yeah. of water up here. I know. We really need to do that. I wanted to make a comment, but I did not. Yeah. Because he looked like he... Uh, just came out of the Marines, and yes, that would not have been did. good for either one he of really us. He really did. I know. <laughs> he had that short crew cut, uh, and he was I know. absolutely fit. <laughs> oh, I know it. The other is, I think there's this thing of feeling stupid when you don't know something. I certainly oh, felt that yeah. way when I even pick, trying to pick up Euro nymphing. Yeah. You know, how many times I watch those videos, I'm mm-hmm. thinking, I'm not sure I even got that after all of this. Yeah. Then you start trying it, and you think, this yeah. is awkward. And, oh, but, I know. I just think that there's no need to feel stupid and, yeah. you know, about learning something new. and Exactly. And, and that, because you're trying to develop a hobby. You're not trying to yeah. win the, you know, American National Fly Fishing Competition. Yep. Well, and, and Tim Wu, the, the article, or the, the author of that article, I mean, he, he's so right on. We, we ruin our hobbies when we uh, try to turn them into these ridiculous pursuits of excellence yeah you, you want to get better but at the end of the day if you can't laugh at yourself and maybe that leads into the next point i'd want to make and that is to let your passion and joy determine the intensity of your pursuit i mean that's my rule that, that's why at this point i refuse to learn tenkara or euro nymph or or learn to tie a certain pattern because any good fly fisher will do this well I, I don't, and and I'm I'm a decent fly fisher. I'm not going to say I'm good, but you know I you catch I, fish. Yeah, I'm like, not, is that not the point? Right, and I'm not going to try to keep up with somebody else. You know, th- this happened to me a few decades ago, Dave. I I really enjoyed photography. It started out as a hobby, but it almost became a burden uh, because I was. Uh, uh, that, that's why now you're always saying, man, you had to take more pictures for our podcast. And I'm thinking, eh. Really? I didn't know that. Yeah, when I was in high school, I, I did a lot of photography stuff and entered a couple contests and I won, I mean, really meager awards. That's just because I knew a little bit about how to frame pictures. And then I'd go to Rocky Mountain National Park. Well, how can you yeah. How can you miss? Can't you know? screw and that up. Th- that's right. And everybody else I'm competing with is shooting stuff in the Midwest. So, <laughs> But I, I did it so much that I think after a while I, I just got – kind of tired of it and I yeah I don't want that to happen with fly fishing I mean if I'm pushing too hard I really try to take a step back and just remember the simplicity of it all I think you should restate that initial point here for number six oh, yeah. I don't so, think I've heard it yeah, stated so, like that yeah before. let your passion and joy determine the intensity of your pursuit wow that's great yeah, that is I mean, really that, great I do think if we follow that it's, it's going to it's going to bring a lot more satisfaction to what we're doing. Steve, that's a good place to end. And I think maybe the last point here is just pursue simplicity. You know, we can complicate things too much yeah. or make or make it something we pursue the same frenzy as landing a client for me. So, I mean, I've got a system to how to land new clients. And, you know, at the end of the day, it's really existential. And we're doing work for clients, making sure Mm -hmm. it's done with excellence and and going that last. And that's good, right? I mean, that in pursuit of excellence. In fact, I still follow on Twitter, Tom 
Peters. Is it Tom yeah, Peters or yeah. Tom Peters? Tom Peters, yeah. Yeah, and uh, in fact, I, he's just so great. He's so fresh. I think he's yeah. in his late 70s or yeah. early 80s. And he but, wrote the book, In Search of Excellence, right. he, didn't he? and this he? other guy, yeah. yeah, In Search of Excellence. He's got another book out. I forget what it was. but And he's absolutely right on this, on that, right, in work and all that. But when it comes to fly fishing, a hobby it's removed the clutter and pressure yeah. of having to be the best, right? Yep. And and when you feel the urge to grow or try something new, do it. And and but don't force it. Don't try to keep up with your friends and don't let people or media or fly fishing magazines or the brands, you know, that are always telling you you need that next rod, uh, exert undue pressure on you to turn this hobby into a demanding job. And and it, when it becomes work, it becomes something other than you something that you love right yeah that's really true so i just i i think i think your point here is is really good about let your let your passion your joy determine the level you go yeah that's what we're trying to say be as serious as you want to be no more no less and you'll have a great experience well it's time for great stuff from our listeners this comment made us laugh it's from drew on our podcast, Fly Fishing in Snake Country. Drew writes, I love to listen to your podcast when I'm mowing my yard. I want to thank you for making me jump at every stick I saw and almost scream when I was mowing under a tree (laughs) and saw another stick snake at eye level. (laughs) Snakes are the worst. Great advice on what to do, though. There are probably still many out there that subscribe to the the cut and suck method, which, yeah, you don't want to do. You know, the cut and suck method. Yeah, That was like, if you read magazines or ads, uh, you know, like. Yep. And you could buy, remember, you could buy a kit that had a little razor blade thing on it and then a little (laughs) suction deal, I guess, so you didn't have to suck it out with your mouth. I mean, you remember those? The cut and suck method. Oh, my. I think we've advanced a little in our thinking about uh, snake bites. I know. That's right. (laughs) Oh, goodness. Ah, That's great. Well, that's all for today. Hey, where do you draw the line between uh, lazy and crazy when it comes to fly fishing? Please tell us by commenting on this podcast link at Two Guys in a river.com how do you make fly fishing a gentle pursuit for modest competence are you cray cray yes yeah i've, <laughs> I've been accused of that before <laughs> well thank you for referring our podcast to your tu chapter fly fishing club your friends forwarding on the podcast that is just so helpful to uh, to help us grow we're very grateful for it continue to do that We'd also love to hear your ideas for podcast episodes, and uh, I think we've used up almost every idea that we've received from you, so we're in need of more ideas. Um, we simply have a lot of ideas for new episodes, but we'd love to have more uh, from you, that things that you want us to talk about. And one more thing, if you haven't yet purchased our book, The Fly Fisher's Book of Lists, life is short and getting shorter, so you need to purchase that book. That's right. Before they go... Uh... Out of print at uh, at Amazon, right? The that's prints right. on demand. So yes, that's uh, right. You know, at some point, somebody will stop pushing print if we don't uh, sell more copies. Man, that's so true. Well, hey, thanks again for listening. I'm Steve Mathewson, and I'm Dave Getz. Until next time, we are two guys in a river for the love of mediocrity <laughs> and fly fishing. Uh-huh.